Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Love Talk Radio. You're a mystical man. Lead us through sacred land. In the magic, the magic of life. You're a shaman that leads other people to Open to receive the magic of life. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Go Within or Go Without Radio. I am your host, Daniel Gutierrez, and we have an incredible guest today. In light of what is going on in our country, and for those of you that are listening from other countries, those that are watching our country, there's just a lot to be said and a lot to be discussed, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to... As they say in Texas, belly up to the bar <laughs> and, and and have this conversation because this this guest that we have today um, wrote a book called Living in the Future, the Science World. And I think in order for us to live in the future, we got to get over what the heck's going on in the now. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Our guest today, Dr. Elliot Maynard, is a le- leading edge consciousness scientist, a conceptual designer. His background spans the fields of zoology, coral reef ecology, oceanography, and tropical rainforest biology. My gosh, I'd love to sit in front of him for hours. He learned his Ph.D. in consciousness research and served on the faculties of Adelphi University and Dowling College in New York. Adelphi, there we go, and College in New York. He is a certified professional consultant to management. Dr. Maynard is a founder and president of Acroselos Foundation in Sedona, Arizona, and has been active with the World Future Society, the Aerospace Technology Working Group, and the London-based Humanitad International. His fourth and newest book, the one we're going to be talking today, A Brave New Mind, Living in the Future Science World, presents his new master paradigm for personal and planetary transformation. Welcome to the show, Doctor. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you having me on the show. You bet. Well, you know, before we get into your book and talking about the future man, I think it, it's prudent that that we talk about the now man <laughs> because it's it's like it's like we've gone backwards in our humanness a little bit and. Could you just kind of enlighten us on your kind of point of view? I know we talked a little bit before the show, and I really think the listeners would appreciate someone that's so studied and so well-versed in different areas to kind of give your perspective on what what needs to happen for us to move on. Well, essentially, uh, this whole book creates a whole new operating system, which is an outline for how to get out of the old paradigms, which are like those kinds of uh, rope meshes or tires that the football players 
run through. We're keep, we keep getting tripped up in these old grid systems, which are inflexible, and therefore, if we move out of them, we get uh, <laughs> we get nailed by our our contemporaries very often. So what we need to do is instead of we're, we've been taught as children never to believe anything we cannot prove to be true, and that usually means statistically, which is mm. essentially fiddling with a problem rather than getting on with a solution. Now imagine a little switch in your mind. You simply flick that switch and say, okay, I'm going to give this a try, moving into the future. I'm not going to disbelieve anything I can't prove to be untrue. So this eliminates that knee-jerk reaction that people have, the fear of the unknown, the fear of change, the fear of the future. And you start, your life will begin to transform in ways you can't even imagine. Mm. So it's really, uh, you're right, though. We, we fear what we don't know, and so we have a new presidency. We have no idea. Actually, the entire world has no idea. <laughs> I, think the, I don't even think the new president has an idea. Uh, but it is that does cause this this fear in us that that creates um chaos right yes and uh my prescription for all of this and uh i realized i suddenly came to the realization well you have to be careful what you ask for because people were bursting they were bursting in anger angry ways they were bursting in maybe esoteric ways for transformation but what happens when you ask for something like this, the universe decides how it's going to do it. And, and mm-hmm. it, may not be, it may not be parallel with the, with the old human ways of thinking. So all I'm saying is, look, you remember the, the saying, I think John Lennon said, give peace a chance. Give, yeah, give it a chance. Give our president, whoever got elected, I decided the thing to do is to get together and give this individual a chance. Don't just clothesline them before they even get to the end of the ballpark, you know. You, right. I don't you, think that, you have to serve start anybody. to encourage transformation. Give it a chance, and then we will use our our processes, legal processes, to deal with the situation. We all have that that option. Yeah, you know, I like that. I, I th- give peace a chance. I, I think um that that's that's where we are today. I think that I hope my hope is that that um we'll all settle down. <laughs> yeah. We'll all settle down eventually and and move on um to bigger and better things. So, I want to talk about your book and 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 I want Obviously, like I said, I wanted to to address what's going on now because, um, you know, you had mentioned something earlier when we were talking about, uh, you know, we 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 kind of have to burn down to build up. We have to get you know, out of the out of the ashes. The phoenix rises. I think is what you said, and and I think that that's that's true about. Um, I don't think that what we're going through here, if people are students of history of of things that haven't happened before. It's just I think we have to be careful. Uh, yes, because yes, civilizations because, disappear yes. when they don't evolve. <laughs> yes, and and you see, I got really tired of these cycles of kill or be killed, uh, the rise and fall of empires, survival of the fittest, meaning standing on anybody's neck that you need to to get to where your self-serving interests uh, lie. And we certainly have to change these attitudes and try, first of all, to learn creative ways to vent our anger. Because I've found that 
one of the ways to do it, you can go to the gym or, or uh, swim 20 laps or all kinds of other things, but that anger, if it can be vented creatively, can be turned into positive energy for a transformation. I love it. Yes, and then that's and I think that's what needs to happen. Let's jump into your book. Your book your book speaks of the future man that yeah. humanity is evolving into. What is that? What 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 are we talking about here? What are we becoming? Because based on today's, we went back. <laughs> Let's just step forward and what are we becoming? Well, a man named Yatri wrote a book um, that said we are humans are not human beings, but humans becoming. I think that's pretty cool. And mm. what that means is we need to overlook these silly diversions that we choose to stick our heads into instead of getting on with a problem. Uh, let's look at let's look at skin color and race. And you know, I've lived in a couple of different countries. I lived in Kuwait, a kingdom. I lived in Puerto Rico for three years, where I was the minority. And I found out that this this uh, business of uh, racial uh, division is really it's it's it becomes unimportant when you're around people and trying to succeed who have a common goal in science as I did or aquaculture raising shrimp this sort of thing music is another good example and it's just foolishness because you know as well as I do when you get different races together they start and you you really get coordinated as a team you start laughing at each other and making little jokes yep. And and it feels good because these are your brothers and sisters, and what care? The, what if we have a problem with color? What are we going to do when we meet somebody from uh, another uh, civilization that's green? Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are in trouble then. <laughs> We're in serious trouble. Oh my gosh! You know, I I got to share with you very quickly uh, an, a, what you just said. Uh, t- I can't help but think of this moment, and, and maybe it seems Pollyanna, maybe it seems, I don't know. Last year, I um, I had the privilege of going to Lake Titicaca and, and going to an uh, island called the Island of Tequil. And yes. when we were on the Island of Tequil, well, we had to walk up this incredible steep mountain uh, uh, to get to the top where they were making lunch for us. Now, the thing that was beautiful, um, Dr. Maynard, is that uh, when we got up there, and, and, and there was a group of us in, in one boat that got there, and, and we didn't really talk to each other. We didn't really know each other and, and, and families and little kids and everybody. Anyway, when we got up to sit down for lunch, we all sat down for lunch. And the interesting thing about what happened was is that I was the only American at the table. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were from all different kinds of uh, backgrounds, countries, you name the country, it was sitting at that table, about 30, 32 people, including children. And the most beautiful thing happened, and this is why I say, you know, I hope it doesn't sound too Pollyanna, but that we're sitting there and we're discussing the world and, and fear and all these things, but we're having lunch and we're laughing and we're having a great time. And it just, it, it warmed my heart that all these different people from different countries did not sit down to discuss their their smallness. We weren't discussing things uh, that seemed to plague our 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 immediate worlds. You know, some of the things you were talking about, race and color and all these things. And then the guy behind us, the the flute player, the Peruvian flute player, starts to play Imagine. 
on its flute. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is where I say I hope it's not too Pollyanna, but it was just the perfect moment. I actually captured it on video because I thought this is really what the world's all about. Uh, when we when we don't evolve, and this is what you're talking about, evolving into a different space, we get stuck in a reptilian, um, reptile thinking. You know, yeah. and and it's just not working for us anymore. That's why I appreciate your book, as you talk about, and you, but you also talk about this shift, and this is interesting, because I think that what I was just saying is that sometimes we get stuck in our linear thinking, and you're talking yes. about moving into a non-linear thinking, which is quantum thinking. How do we do this? This is again part of that evolution. Okay, uh, a simple analogy. Remember the reel-to-reel tape decks. Uh, oh, if, yeah. you wanted, if you wanted to get to a particular piece of music uh, where they were used very often or data, you had to go forward or backward along a linear uh, scale, just like a movie mm-hmm. film, same deal. And then we have the, the compact disc, the CD. Now, CDs are simply, the laser goes directly to the point of information that you're seeking. Bing, just like that. And so this quantum realm exists for all of us. All of us have moments of when we're very happy, when we're playing good music, when we're playing good basketball together in the zone, where you move into that quantum information field, I call it. And at that point, the past, the present, and the future exist simultaneously. And mm. if you can stay in that zone with your art or your music or needlepoint or whatever you're doing, you can begin to absorb the information from the future, just kind of you soak it in, and then when you revert back to the to the physical, more human condition, as we all have to, uh, these things come trickling down very magically, and it happens again and again and again. That's amazing. That's a good way to put that. Um the, I love the idea of the linear thinking because you can, well, for those of you that are younger and don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> go look it up on the Internet in terms of the yeah. the reels. <laughs> but, yeah, that I could see how that would be linear thinking. It seems that many of our, our institutions, if you think about, well, let's go back to time and space. I mean, we've always had that capacity, right? We just, yes, yes as and human beings, we have that capacity. Big a very valuable survival mechanism for thousands and millions of years for for the evolution of humanity and because it it made the difference to where we would survive a, or not the encounter with a saber-toothed tiger we would find food for our families we would be able to be strong enough to protect our families all these things and the intuitive sense was very very important this is still true of people that live in the country, and they usually call it horse sense. It's actually the celebration of the uh, intuitive uh, insight that we all possessed. And this new technology, this new paradigm, brings that right into the present so we can use it in any kind of everyday activities, whether we work in an oil field or we work in a university or an IBM or something like that. That's interesting. What you, your book is interesting in that you take a very optimistic approach, um, and it is a very optimistic book. Yet, with a lot of what it seems like a lot of of our institutions that are kind of crumbling. Why, why the optimism? 
Well, I don't know. You know, a lot of people ask me that, and all I can say is that when you have a vision, a positive vision of the future, it seems to be helped along. And I have this incurable deep sense of optimism despite the fact that when you get to a certain point in life and and your studies you begin to see a lot and the more you see the worse it gets and the deeper you (laughs) dig the deeper you dig you find more worms but you learn to take those worms and go fishing and uh and maybe again make lemons out of lemonade and try to turn any negative situation around and make it positive Mm. So this is kind of what we're going through now. I hate to go back to current events, but it just seems to be heavy on my mind and heart. So we need to find the, so to speak, silver lining. I saw a post on Facebook um, where somebody was saying that I know, quit telling us to get over it. And and I and I, I didn't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Quit telling us it's it's going to be okay. It's almost like they're not wanting to be consoled. <laughs> no, no. And, and the way to put it is get over yourself. You know, get over yourself and get on with the program because rather than face the reality, the real reality show and the truth, which is often unpleasant, and taking your problems and starting to work on them one after the other, uh, which unlocks the pathway into a very positive future for all of us. People tend to knee-jerk. They negate for no reason, just to vent. And if people could just stop this and say, if you don't have anything positive to say, don't say it at all. There are ways to disagree with a person diplomatically. Say, well, I understand what you're saying, but have you considered this? And the other, the couple other things I say, do do something nice for someone every day. That's the old Boy Scout kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Make a place a little, make a place a little nicer than you found it, and then try to create win-win situations in business and personal. And then if you try to create win-win-win situations, it's even better. Well, with a new paradigm, we try to create win to the x power exponentially. Think of the change that could happen in our new world with the Internet communication that we have now that we've never had in history after, say, a few decades ago. Yeah, that, that um, I don't think that we've, we've clearly have seen over the last even couple of years or decade how the Internet has been used to destroy humans. Yeah. But we haven't, you know, we you said something that I just never really had put into perspective the way you did and that is what it could do good for us not that we don't yes. information is yes. not good but there, there's a lot of things it can do good if we reported that <laughs> yes we we need to uh inject a little nobility in ourselves and i think a lot of this comes from low self-esteem it's become the thing to, ha- to you know the thing to do to to have low self-esteem and walk around with a hoodie hunched over and and all right. that sort of thing. And and I'm going, well, who the hell are you trying to impress? Now, your presentation to other people is important if you want to relate to others and if you want to move ahead in the world. And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with being in the country and by yourself, but you have nature and uh, and wildlife then to communicate with, if that's what you wish. Right. So... 
Is there? I, I, this is kind of going off the <clears throat> beaten path a little bit, but still dealing with your book. Is there uh, scientific evidence on the effects of the healing power of nature? You were just talking about that. Because I love nature. I, I personally, if I don't get in nature once or twice a week, I get I get freaky. And and I go to Peru three times a year because I have to connect to the, to the mountains. Now, mind you, I live in California. I could go to the mountains hour away, but I choose the Andes. I choose Peru. Uh, but so, tell us about that—the healing power of nature. Well, I'm a I'm a great advocate of this, and I've actually um, done a lot of underwater uh, photography and diving, and and I when I work with animals, I will send out a uh, neutral. Uh, Don't be afraid. I'm just here. Uh, to watch you and to take pictures. I've taken pictures of 10-foot sharks that are three or four feet away coming wow. right over my head in French Polynesia and other places like that. I've um, fed wild, uh, we have uh, javelinas here, uh, out of my hand by talking to them and, and creating a creative field. I've done this with a deer in the area, too. had many, many uh, profound experiences with nature and it's it's a, an amazing thing when you can communicate with a bird and whistle to it, and it'll start to relate to you, or even your own pets. Oh yeah, well yeah, you just said something. I, I I actually took a video and showed people, but I don't think they believed me. Uh, I have since a little been a little boy been able to mimic the sound of a squirrel. Wonderful. And, and I can get I can get the squirrels no matter where they're at, to literally come and sit on my shoe. And That's they come incredible. right up to me. And so yeah. I make this noise that they make, and, and I just kind of like call them over, and they come over. And people are just going, are you, what are you doing? I said, I'm just asking them to come over, but I learned this when I was a kid. And, it, and it, to this day, when I go to the park to walk, I'll stop and see. Some, some will, some won't. Some of them are kind of skittish. But the majority of them will come right up on my shoe and just yes. sit there. And, I, yeah. you know, it's just amazing. <laughs> And here you have a beautiful example of an animal that is not conditioned by the Internet or anything. No, exactly. And, <laughs> That's and right. It's, it's being honest. It's coming to you because of the energy you're putting out. And when you can create a bond like that, you are a master in your own right. And it's a, the feeling that you get from it is like mm-hmm. really, it's really incredible. And it will keep you going <laughs> for a lot of hours in the grind. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, I, I, I love that connecting. Folks, I didn't say much about this, but uh, Dr. Maynard, besides being a futurist, a lecturer, an author, an educator, and global ecologist, he's also an artist, a sculptor, and a musician. Of course, he just told you he was an underwater photographer and a documentary film producer. Um, how do they find you? How do people find you uh, I, if they want more information? Our our uh, website is Arcocielos. That's the name of our foundation. That's A R C O S C I E L O S dot com. And also, you can go on YouTube and punch in uh, my name, Elliot E L L I O T T, two L's and two T's, Maynard, and you'll find a whole uh, list of uh, some video interviews in different parts of the country, and also uh, radio talk shows. 
All right. That's great. You guys got to look them up. I mean, uh, you're, the thing I love about you is that you you haven't just focused in one area. You've allowed yourself to become a master of many areas. And I think that in order for us to experience our humanness and, and our, our power, we have to be open um, to to anything that, that, that we may have um, – uh, an affinity for. Uh, one of the things that I've always thought, Doctor, is that I, I think if Americans, and I may get a bunch of emails after saying this, but I'm going to say it, um, I think that if Americans traveled outside of our country more, Absolutely. they'd be more tolerant. They'd be more tolerant. Because uh, you, you know, having lived in different places, and I've traveled around the world and do every year, every year I'm, I'm, I'm traveling, and there's just this – I grew up in Texas, um, and so I know what it's like growing up somewhat limited in what I understand about the world. Uh, but having right. traveled around the world and continue to travel around the world, my heart's so much more open and so much more willing. Um, and I think when we don't give ourselves that that opportunity, we are closed-minded and, and, and bigoted in the way that we think. And it may be ignorant, not necessarily through our fault of our own, but we just don't know. We don't know, and that's what causes problems. Yes, but, that um, ignorance. Uh, that ignorance is true. Uh, it's an. It, there's also a, an American uh, kind of a attitude that we're the best and other people are wrong. And you, when you go into other countries, you find that everyone has their voice. I've sat down with Palestinians, uh, Jewish people, uh, Arabs, and and people out in the Pacific on remote islands, and they always tell me two things: we have our own problems. And and we say if we could sit down and have a few beers or tea or whatever you're having, uh, we could solve any differences in about 20 minutes. And they yeah. they all say the same thing: it's our government. <laughs> of course it is. Of course, yeah. It's it. Yeah. You you just said something that's very true, and and people need to hear this. Everybody has their own problems. We yes. think very highly of ourselves if we think yes, the world gives do. a damn about what we're doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we think that the and, – and I'll give you one quick example, and then I'm going to ask you to give us some closing remarks. As I was uh, – once had the honor um, of being in what we – what the Mexicans would call Congress. It was La, La Casa de Votados. De Votados. Uh-huh. And, and I was uh, honored there um, and w- got a chance to visit with the president of the Congress, the the head, and and I asked a question, I asked the question, how do you feel about um, this problem we have with immigration in the U.S. Um, and, and your people coming to our country? And she looked at me and she said, do you think we give a damn? About isn't that isn't that beautiful? Yep. Because that's exactly yep. what I've, I've experienced. And the other thing, with this kind of a built, if Americans tend to be provincial, which sounds crazy because it's such a big country, but we have narrow minds in certain ways. And yes. when we go to other countries, we we always think, oh, America's the greatest. Well, I've been I've talked with Pakistani scientists and in scientists from India and other places, and I'm in Mexico too. And I'm right. continually amazed with the new perspectives these people bring, the positive creative energy they have, and the drive for excellence, and how willing they are to work together with you. 
Absolutely. And, and I think in a roundabout way she was going, you think too highly of yourself, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, we don't care. Do you think we want to send our people to you? No, we're trying to figure out ways to keep them. And, and I just, that was just a, a slap in the face, not not in a bad way to wake up. That, you know, uh, what a crazy question, but I've used it a lot in lectures to say, you don't even know what you don't know. You don't. Right, that's right. <laughs> Dr. we have a couple minutes. Anything you want to tell us in closing? Folks, again, we're talking about a brave new mind. Please go out and get the book, Living in a Future Science World. We could have went on and on and on. There were many questions, but we've run out of time. Anything you want to tell our audience before we leave? Yes, that uh, book is available on Amazon and on our website, which, again, is A-R-C-O-S-C-I-E-L-O-S.com. That's one word, Arcocielos. And, uh, yes, and I I think I still have this incurable optimism of of being able to muddle through, and we have a lot of new uh, positive, um, let's say, cards in our hand, that we would have never had 20 or 30 years ago involving this uh, use of the intuitive senses to get us through uh, crises which seem insolvable. And the first part is to coherence, give people a chance, and Mm. then stand behind and use the tools we have to correct things if necessary, getting together with others of like mind. And uh, that's about it. Dr. Elliott, thank you. Dr. Maynard, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate your work, what you do, and what you stand for, and we hope to have you back on the show someday. Oh, thank you very much, Daniel, and I, I thank all of our listeners for for uh, tolerating us <laughs> and, hope you, right. you, and hope you've gotten right. uh, a few new perspectives and uh, maybe a couple of chuckles. To all right. Take care. Open to receive the magic.